1: Welcome to Talking Transfers, a brand new show from the Ninety Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Ninety Min's transfer correspondent Graham Bailey. How are you doing today, Graham? Oh, delightful, delightful, Scott. Lovely and warm in the northeast. <laughs> How warm is warm, Graham? Yeah, we're touching, touching 17, 18. So it's definitely shorts and short sleeve top weather <laughs> today. Toby Cudworth, Ninety Min's top cat TC, is in London with me uh 22 degrees for us i believe it's yeah it's definitely warmer than 17 18 although i think graham
2: wears shorts and flip-flops in like 10 degrees so uh i dread to think what you do when it's 25 or 30 graham which is what it's going to be on friday for us in london so yeah
3: yeah i'm a short t-shirt man i'll throw the heating on just so i can do it yeah so you although although not so much nowadays
1: you really know we're a serious transfer podcast who have a lot to talk about when we open with the weather like (laughs) british people usually do uh both of you doing well. Just a reminder for you, listener, I was I was away last week because I was in a 38 degree heat in Austin, Texas. Thank you very much to Harry Simi, who stepped in. Uh, this is a brand new weekly show. We'll dig into the latest on the futures of the biggest names in world football, players or managers, albeit. Uh, and on today's edition, we've got a bumper lot of footballers to talk about Darwin Nunez, Sadio Mane. Mark Rocker to Leeds, potentially to replace Calvin Phillips. Hugo Ekatike, Sven Botman, Robert Sanchez, Burned Leno, all linked with Newcastle. Eve Bissouma to Spurs, also chat on Charlison. David Round, Mark Cucciarella, Man City. Uh, Naef Aguirre, am I getting that right? To West Ham, Toby. I'm coming yeah. to come to you in a little bit with that. We'll talk Marcus Alonso, As Quetta, Serginho Dest, Frankie de Jong, and Anthony. That is a lot of players. Uh, How much time do we have? I'm not sure. We'll we'll see how we go, uh, and we'll try and run through as best we can. We're touching on a lot of clubs today. Uh, Graham, let's start on the news of Darwin Nunes at Liverpool, because we've had Erling Haaland confirmed by Manchester City in the last couple of days. Darwin Nunes, as we record this, undergoing a medical at Liverpool. Benfica have confirmed the deal's been agreed with Liverpool, and now it's just down to finalising of personal terms and... All that kind of stuff, wages and all this kind of stuff with Liverpool. So, where are we on that? Uh, you rate him highly, don't you?
3: Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, personal terms, I've done as well, Scott. Yeah, he's already done those for coming in. It's just his his medical. However long Liverpool want to take over, it's a day or two days. We don't know, but yeah, um, he will soon be presented. He'll have that Liverpool shirt and scarf out the front of Melwood. Was it still Melwood Um Yeah, it's. I I love this player. I think He's fantastic. I've been reading up a bit about his past. He's quite quiet, he's reserved, but he's so full of potential. I I really took notice of him in in those Ajax games when when ironically when Man United were looking at him with Ten Hag and he's got everything. He really has. And I'll be honest, he excites me more than Erling Haaland. He really does. I think he's got the ceiling on this guy, I think is is towards killing Mbappe territory. I really do. And it's a perfect club for him. Not getting wrong, I think he'd have done the same at United if he went there, but I think he will be able to hit the ground running at Liverpool. It's a bit easier to go in there and have, um, the like, Diaz, Jota and the like setting you up. So, I, no, I like him a lot. Yeah, so it's a done deal, five-year deal. It will be a club record. It's not a club record deal at the moment, because it's 64. If he achieves what we think he will and what Liverpool hope, it will surpass Virgil van Dijk's 75 million, and it will become. That's why there's a bit of... Um, people misunderstanding in terms of people confirming what the fee is, because it's not club record at the moment, but it will be if as long as he produces what he what Liverpool and everyone expects him to.
1: And Fika did confirm in this statement of what the fee is uh, mm. just from their side. I think it was 64 million or something, something yeah. along those lines with a uh, potentially raising to a hundred million euros. Yeah. Uh, is that out of character for Liverpool, Toby? Is this a change in, Tactic for them because they haven't sold anybody big either.
2: Yeah, well, they're starting to spend more and more. I actually had a look at their record transfers under Jurgen Klopp throughout his reign there, and they have spent big. They've spent big on Van Dijk that we've alluded to, seventy-five million. Allison was sixty-seven million, I think, from Roma. Naby Keita was north of fifty. Luis Diaz could be 50 by the time all of the, the money is paid. So Liverpool, despite what Klopp said many years ago about not wanting to spend money, will spend money. Um, I'm not so hot on Nunes' ability in terms of getting to Mbappe levels. But I,
1: I believe you're just sour that West Ham failed to sign him on um, deadline day. We'd ruin him, mate, to be
2: honest. It's probably a good thing for both parties. But he is a very good player. He's got a tremendous goal record for Benfica. Uh, Liverpool are the kind of clubs that don't make bad signings. That's something we were talking about in our chat this morning. I was trying to remember the last bad signing that Liverpool made and we were struggling, to be honest. If you
1: are listening, by the way, we're not saying that Liverpool have signed players who are, you know, I don't think Naby Kate has really taken off to the levels that I think most people would have expected. Min for example, hasn't gone well, but when you compare it to the price that they paid for him, that's the probably thing. probably selling yeah? for a profit. This, this is what you mean, right?
2: Yeah. When you consider the fee and the actual investment that they've put in the player. Okay, Minamino is an example of someone who's not really stood out. But for 17 million, he's done a good job. He's been a good squad player. All of their big money signings have been transformational under Klopp. Van Dijk speaks for himself. So does Alisson. Nabby Kater's is maybe the only one who hasn't made a huge impact, but he was great in the final few months of last season. So it looks like he's coming into his own. And Nunes will get time to get up and running. Jurgen Klopp will iron out any deficiencies in his in his game. That seems to be what he does with all players that he works with. And Liverpool are going to be a real force, regardless of whether or not Mane goes, which is looking likely, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a minute. And even if Mohamed
1: Salah were to go within the next year, Liverpool are now well-positioned for the future. I did want to bring Mo Salah into this. We'll talk about Sadio Mane in a little bit as well. But one last thing on Nunes, Graham, before we move on. You mentioned you rate him highly. You've been looking into him in the past. He's elevated levels over the last season. Is there, you know, his goal, I saw his goal record, for example, season before last compared to last season. There's a massive difference. Is he proven enough for this feat? Yeah, I, I don't think the fee's that big. What, £60 million down?
3: It's not, you know, it, in terms of... It's not it's not for triple figures, is it? So I don't think it's out, out of reach of what Liverpool would normally do. It's not a strange deal. And in terms of his wages, you know, he's earning less than a quarter of what Mo Salah wants. He's earning less than a quarter of what Haaland will earn. He fits in perfectly into Liverpool's structure. You know, um, the way their finances now, they've spent this money, but like the owners will be delighted. You know, he's coming in on a basic basic Premier League wage for all intents and purposes.
1: Yeah, uh, talking about, uh, we'll talk about money in just a second, but on Mo Salah, I'm not sure whether we've seen any changes there. Obviously, he was pushing for more, a lot more money uh, outside of Liverpool's wage structure. And I'm looking at Link's, between Man United and Antony. And we, I know we've spoken about in the past about Liverpool's interest in him as well. Uh, any movement on Mo Salah at the moment, Graham? Or is this kind of, he's got one year left on his deal. We're running out of time kind of thing.
3: Yeah, he, he's already said he wants to stay at Liverpool next season. Sort of a shot across the bowers for Liverpool, saying, I'm not, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to go on a free. And Liverpool were quite happy with that. They've already said to him, if you think you can get £450,000 a week, go and get it because you're not going it here. And that's how, how it's panning out. I do wonder, we'll see all this Barcelona situation coming to a head. They've got so much to do. Um, the Lewandowski links maybe cooled down a little bit. Did they turn to a Salah? I could see that. They've been linked after Raheem Sterling as well. So I keep an eye on Barcelona. I think they could be the ones, if anyone, to come in. Real Madrid, possibly, they've always liked him. But you know I think Mo Salah wants to go to Spain. I think he wants to go to Barcelona Real, to do that. If he can do it in summer, I think he'd probably try, but not in all likelihood. It'll be next summer, and you know Liverpool they'll have got the money's worth out of him on on these wages, etc. And they'll bid him a fond farewell, knowing that they've already po- possibly got his got his heir in Fabio Carvalho, who was Suodar. And this he's he's so good. This guy he really is, and they may not need to sign the he is that good in my opinion but we'll see and who better to learn from than Salah so I don't think there's any rush here Liverpool aren't going to come back and offer Salah what he wants if he suddenly changes his, his his demands and knocks quite a bit off that they may do something but I don't see that from either party I think they're both happy where they are at the moment and uh, that will result in him leaving on a free transfer next summer
1: as it stands that is seemingly the norm uh, and it's going to be over the next few years Players running down their contracts because of elevated prices to you know, extract the best wage for themselves at a new club. We'll talk uh, on, on that note about Sadio Mane, the uh, the other, well, one of the other parts of Liverpool's famed front three, which is seemingly about to break up. Obviously, Mane uh, is looking to leave Bayern Munich, very interested in Sadio Mane, Graham. But Liverpool are standing firm on the valuation of the player.
3: Yeah, we've just done this piece on this today. As, as as it stands, Liverpool want a deal around 50 million euros, 40 million pounds, with a few add-ons maybe, but about, around about 40 million pounds to do the deal. But buying a way off at the minute, they've been offering derisory sums. And Liverpool have told me, I've heard from sources that it is derisory what Bayern Munich is trying to offer. And less than 25 million was the opening bid, which is just ridiculous. You, know, that, you can't even get a championship striker in England at the moment for that. So, yeah, I think... They're a good £10 million apart at the moment, but that can quickly change. And it's going to have to. If Bayern want him, it's going to have to change because I know Liverpool has told Manny and Bayern, we'll keep him. We, we don't have to sell him. You know, if we've got five forwards, we're happy to have that. So Liverpool in no hurry. Um, it was Manny's decision to not sign a new deal. He told Liverpool he didn't want to sign a new deal. These reports of were asking for £400,000 a week, I'm told they're a bit inaccurate, a bit mis- mischievous. Um, he's he's not looking for that. He's he's agreed terms with Bayern Munich at around three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week, which I think is probably market value about right for Mane. You know, considering how good he is. So he's getting a bit of an uptake as well from from the transfer. It's slightly more than what Liverpool were offering him. So yeah, as it stands, there's, there's it's a bit of an impasse at the moment. Um, buying, but buying need to come up. If buying don't come up they won't be selling. And and the problem with this is as well as a money has decided it's buying or nothing. Uh, that's what we're being told that the, the likes of Athletic or who were they've been told that he wants to go to buying. So that does set up a situation where, you know, if, if they don't pay the fee, he won't be going anywhere. We can't say, I, I, I can't envisage him not going, but as it stands, buying are going to have to step
1: up to the plate. If buying don't meet that fee. Toby, uh, you know, a Liverpool overstack there with Nunes, Carvalho, Harvey Elliott, Salah, yeah. Firmino, Diaz. That's a lot yes. Yeah, the short answer to that is yes. And I can see
2: Bayern and Liverpool meeting in the middle somewhere. Um, I think £40 million plus is perhaps a little steep, given that Mane is 13, he's only got a year left. It will probably settle around the mid-30s for me. I think that's a, a fair enough price. Mane's got at least, what, four or five years left in the tank at the highest level. Bayern are just posturing and trying to get the best possible deal they can do but it's only the 14th of June we've still got another two months for this to be resolved and they'll just go back and forth and it could end up being a bit of a long-winded deal but I don't think Liverpool will want to go into the season no matter what they say about depth with Salah, Diaz, Jota, Firmino, Mane and Nunes that's too much and Carvalho is obviously there as well um so I can see the deal happening. It just won't
1: be straight away. That is a, an important point, though We are still, as we record this, in an international window at the end of the season. So a lot of players haven't even gone on holiday yet. Uh, we'll talk Frankie de Jong at the end of the show later to, uh, later on. Uh, but he's obviously involved in uh, Netherlands match with Wales. And obviously this is my first recording of the podcast since Wales qualified for the World Cup. So I look forward to seeing you guys uh I don't know how I feel about this because Wales are going to play the US and England. And usually, I look at England and I'm like, "Oh, I hope we beat them." But I'm kind of looking at the US. I'm thinking, "God, I hope yeah. we beat them." Just, just focus on them because if you beat them, then it's you not. It's,
3: like that, it's you not. Qualify. It's not like you hope you beat them. You're, not, you're never going to get a better chance to qualify from a group stage. And yeah. but to be fair, um, I said this on another podcast that. Iran and America are looking at Wales as well and, and the other two teams and we can get out with this Obviously, yeah. second place is wide open but Wales you're never going to
1: get an easier group to get through ever it's, it's very true we, it's our first World Cup in 64 years very emotional day last Sunday Uh, as Wales did qualify for it but I, I look at that US team in that first game and I think Gareth Bale Gareth Bale against Walker I think Zimmerman. Wales have more matches. Gareth
3: Bale against Walker Zimmerman, a 90 Min favorite. If Walker not- Zimmerman
1: also to feature on 90 Min's Football Americana podcast this Wednesday. So keep an eye out for that. uh We have news just coming into us at the moment as well. uh We're recording this on Tuesday, early afternoon. Burnley have confirmed Vincent Company as their new manager. Uh, who wants on to take same- that one?
3: On the same day as their local rivals, Blackburn, confirmed John Dal Thomason. So the two bitter rivals naming their managers on the same day. That is a lov- that's a lovely throwback, John Dal Thomason,
2: from his Newcastle days in the late 90s. That's who has a, a, who has a much better CV than Vincent Company, I dare say. That's a, it's <laughs> such a strange one from Burnley, isn't it? That's a huge pivot from what they were doing under Sean Dyson, and building under Sean Dyche. Um, I don't think
3: it'll be enough to persuade Maxwell Cornet to stay, do you, Graham? No, I don't. No, Max McCoy is an interesting one. Yeah, the interest is hotting up in, in him. Um interesting. I did I did hear an interesting conversation about Courtney where there's speculation that he he didn't realise that his deal at Burnley was permanent, <laughs> and he's looking he's looking down the legal avenues. He thought he was on his way back to Lyon. He didn't realise that he was not not that he won't be able to get out because as we discussed, or so he's got his 17.5 million release clause and more than half of Premier League have already inquired about him. But it's phenomenal. He has a great record as well at Burnley. So yeah, it's an interesting one to keep eye on that. Um, yeah, he he thought he was heading home to France by all accounts.
1: Bit of a th- it's a different story. Bit of a throwback to the Robinho day where he thought he was joining Manchester United instead of... Well, just Manchester. He thought he was joining Manchester United <laughs> instead of <laughs> Manchester City. Turns out he probably joined the right club at the right time uh, if he'd have stayed a little bit longer. You know, because uh, City are in a much better position nowadays than United. We were talking about Sadio Mane, and I was going to use that little segue from Bayern to talk about Mark Rocker to Leeds. Uh, I've, I've done it now, so let's let's get into it. Mark Rocker to Leeds, Graham. Uh, is this looking like it's going to happen we obviously have reported over the last few weeks about man city's interest in calvin phillips uh it does seem to be picking up a lot more now that city are going to go for calvin phillips uh, just a little later than we reported it mark rocket to leeds then is how close is that and this will this allow leeds to sell phillips as well
3: yeah it's been quite a bit of interest in in Rocker, there's quite a lot of um, Spanish teams looking to take him back to La Liga from Espanol midfielder uh, Villarreal, Betis, Sevilla. were all keen. They were only willing to do business at about nine million euros. Leeds have come in um, slightly higher than that, about eleven million pound, twelve million. Um, Victor Arta, the Leeds sporting director, very established now in that role. He's he swooped in um, to try and get this deal done, and this deal is close. Is um, Leeds firm favourites? We know that. Um, West Ham inquired as well at some point, and so did Wolves. But yeah, this is he's firmly on course for Leeds. And yeah, you would see it as a likely replacement uh, for for Calvin Phillips, who we, as we reported, Man City have done their due diligence on him. Looks like he's the man they're going to go for. So yeah, but Leeds, um, fair play to them. They've, they've made early moves. They've got the two guys in from Salzburg, Aronson and Christensen, a defender which, which they needed, a forward who. Will Aronson be a Rafinha him? quite possibly? And now they're looking to replace Phillips, but they will need a lot more than this Leeds. Um, but but good work so far. You know they've made the moves early. Um, players, all these players are full of potential, and Jesse Marsh wanted them. So I think I think the nice signings for Leeds. You know these you sign these players with the hope that Marsh can do his magic on them and turn them into into world beaters. So yeah, two positive, three nearly three positive deals for Leeds early in the window.
1: Yes, it's important to point out Leeds, if they do sell Kevin Phillips, you you'd think would raise a fair bit of money to cover the cost of these signings that they've made. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also can't ignore the opportunity to talk about West Ham's interest in Mark Rocker that was just mentioned by Graham. Potential, uh, they, they've missed out on Declan Rice's replacement by the looks, Toby. Well, Declan Rice isn't going anywhere, <laughs> mate. So it's maybe oh, well, not uh, a problem, but I, I, I th- would say... Said- there's a club we just
3: talked about, Burnley, there, Toby. We think um, Vincent Company will be hearing from David Moyes very soon, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, Josh Maxwell, Brownhill. They need Maxwell
2: Corner, Josh Brownhill, both on West oh, yeah. Ham
3: list. Yeah, I was thinking Josh Brownhill, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, Corn, Cornet as well is on West Ham's list. So, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd imagine Ben Mee might be as well. You know, it's, I, I think this quite company will be fielding a lot of phone calls. So you'd be think they are congratulatory, but they're not. It's saying I want three of your players, and you're gonna lose them. <laughs>
2: you no, know I would say I think West Ham have been the team linked with the most players possibly in this window. We've somehow outdone Manchester United, who are linked with every single big player under the sun. And whenever someone joins, it's blah blah blah, stolen from Man United. But West Ham have had an interest in about a hundred players, if you believe everything that you read.
3: Um, talking of links, I do. I do talking about Burnley quickly, guys. I think I think Vincent's company will probably be linked after. I'm gonna. We should play this. I'm gonna say at least twenty City players will be linked to Burnley individually
1: in the next two weeks. Loan deals, potential, this yeah. kind of thing, because they, they release how many players? They release fourteen players. But let's forget, boys. We had this um, confirmed as well,
3: which is gonna. This is gonna be a major thing coming up. I've been a lot of clubs are telling me this. Um, Chelsea one of those who were impacted This five substitution things is going to Enable the likes of City The likes of Chelsea To keep these youngsters around and keep them happy Because they'll be able to guarantee some Premier League This is going to have a major impact Probably more so on the Championship But for these Premier League clubs like a Conor Gallagher When Palace, the likes of Palace Wolves Maybe we're looking for these very good Lone players, they might not leave now Because they might do like a Foden did And stay put, but now they can get more games
1: fair point to raise I mean and going back to West Ham Toby I, we were going to talk about a uh, potential new arrival for them which you've been on top of over the last few weeks later in the show but I think we were just touching on West Ham so we may as well do it now. What can you tell us about uh, Naifa Guird if that's I, like if, if I'm if I'm pronouncing that wrong at underscore Scott Saunders please get in touch with me I'm not sure. that That's also my understanding of
2: pronunciation so uh, any corrections can come my way as well but We understand that West Ham are closing in on the transfer for Aguero. He'll be West Ham's first summer signing. He's been away on international duty with Morocco over the last couple of weeks. Um, Played 31 league games for Rennes last year. Was largely impressive and also featured in the Europa Conference League. And he's a left-sided centre-back that David Moyes has wanted to recruit. Um, Angelo Agbona suffered a serious knee injury in November last year and It's yet to be determined whether or not he will come back at his absolute best. He's 34 years old now. Um, The club are yet to exercise an extension on his contract as well. It's likely he'll stick around for another year, but he was an undisputed starter before and that will probably no longer be the case. Um, To facilitate Aguirre's arrival in a move that could be worth around £30 to West Ham, that could also see... Issa Diop potentially move on. He could be going out of the door at West Ham. There's a number of clubs looking at him. Um, nothing close, but West Ham are looking to strengthen. They've obviously got the Conference League coming up next season. So Aguero is the first piece of the puzzle, but they need to reinforce him in, in midfield. They need to sign a forward, um, ideally a striker to compete with Mikael Antonio, but it could be that they go for a wide forward, like a keen Lewis Potter, for example. And players play in different positions across the front line. Something I've said on the podcast about a million times now is just that
3: versatility of players now rather than an out and out centre forward. Do you think, it, Toby, do you think Agued tells us West Ham's under David Sullivan, do you think it tells us where they're aiming for next season? Right. It doesn't strike me as a top four signing.
2: No, I think West Ham need to look at the next couple of years as establishing, sorry, themselves as a top eight side. They need to be competing for regular European football, and Moyes has delivered that previously for Everton. They were always knocking on the door of the of the
3: then UEFA Cup. Um, Just doesn't strike as a, it doesn't. From what I'm hearing about, it's not quite. No, there's the, kind the, of it's not quite reports. the next Wesley for fana or stuff like that, is it? No, it's a bit. It's a bit middle of the road. Yeah, there are mixed reports about him. Some
2: say he's good. Some say he's pacey. Um, it's concerns about how good he is in the air, but. I think West Ham, more than anything, just need to bulk out their squad. Um, January was a missed opportunity to strengthen and they could have secured a Europa League spot for this coming season rather than the Conference League if they'd brought in one or two more players. Um, Tired legs meant they didn't take advantage of Manchester United's poor end to the season. Um, So I think the next two years have to be about bulking out and maybe not pushing to the next, next level with some top, top signings. Um, Aguirre probably fits that bill and then once they've got some more bodies in the door it'll be whether or not they can push on hopefully then under the ownership of Daniel
1: Kratinsky to spend a bit bigger and bring in some more higher profile players of course on the race for the top eight uh, we've had a running uh, debate over the last few weeks and months about which United will finish highest we'll talk Man United later on but we'll, we'll transition into Newcastle at the moment because Every podcast we have to do a Declan Rice mention, and a Newcastle mention, and seemingly a Man United mention. We did all the Arsenal stuff last week. Thanks again to Harry. A lot of Arsenal content in the uh, in the chat last week. But let's let's talk Newcastle. Uh, Hugo ekatike has been of interest to them for the duration of 2022. Uh, nearly did a deal in January, but it looks like that one's close, Graham. And could there be another name to follow along the lines of Sven Botman? What's the latest there?
3: Yeah, Newcastle, they do when they, when they do spot a player, they do like to stick with them. And it's shown it's show with Ekiteki and Botman. All very different deals. Ekiteki, so yeah, is a player who they went for um, start of January, as we revealed Eddie Howe loves this player. This is one of Europe's best teenagers. He really is. There's no teenager who scored more goals last season, 10, than Hugo Echeteke in Europe's top five divisions, which probably says a lot of how good this guy is. And in France, they think he is special. It's an interesting one where this player, you know, he's had the chances, you know, he's been linked to Dortmund, so he's been linked after every major club in Europe. Why, why wouldn't they be looking at him? Um, but he's always had this belief that Newcastle project was the right one. He's seen Bruno Guimaraes go in there and settle well. And yeah, I think he really wants to play for Newcastle. That's really refreshing, I think, from Newcastle's point of view. This deal is done, it's been agreed. It will be a bit of a convoluted deal. It will be, um, I've done a piece on saying within that, we say that it will be financial fair play friendly, which I think is a phrase we'll, we'll have to get used to because the Premier League are keeping a close eye on Newcastle, whether that's right or wrong, seemingly an extra eye to make sure they fall within financial fair player so Newcastle are aware of that so the this deal it might even come out as an initial loan but it will be a mandatory buy so he will be a Newcastle player and we expect that could be this week he did pick up a little bit of an injury at the Toulon tournament um which was played last week which was a very interesting time actually quite a few clubs were over there watching um we'll, we'll come we might actually mention um Mr Ganacho the young United Starlet, who was the star of the two long tournament, Scott didn't we saw that, but Ekitechi picked up a bit of an injury, it wasn't a concern. And he's due for medical this week from what we're hearing on the Tynes side. So yeah, Ekatechi should finally be put to bed this week. We have been talking about him for a long time. Um, unlike Botman, the Sven Botman one is a is a real saga. It turned out that he'd agreed to move to Milan earlier in the year. They they agreed a fee as well. That one stalled. And when it stalled, Botman's people got in touch with Newcastle to tell them the deal's still still available. But, and, and they got in touch with Lille. But the deal was still agreed with Milan. But Newcastle coming now with a slightly bigger fee, it's a strange because what we're hearing from Italy, they're convinced that the player wants to go to Milan. But Newcastle is still persisting. Now it turned, Newcastle suddenly saying that they won't pay over the odds, but they're going to have to pay more than Milan to get him, is, is, is the blunt truth of this. Whether they will, I'm not so sure. And, you know, it's clear to me that Botman wants to go to Milan. He's spoken to Paolo Maldini, wants to play there. I'm not sure why Newcastle are hanging around here. They need to move on for me. But they're still in there. But um, as it stands, Newcastle don't know if they're going to get him. Um, they think they've got a chance still. But I don't. I still think he might end up at Milan personally, um, because Paolo Maldini does have a lot of sway, despite go- his massive years. He's well over 50 now, which is depressing, isn't it?
1: He doesn't look it, does he? Uh, the no, last, no. Last picture no. I saw of him. But uh, yeah, difficult decision, Toby, for Sven Botman. Uh, Italian champions, Milan, on the way back up or Newcastle? You well, know, if- although they're on the way up as well.
2: Yeah, they're on the way up. But the only reason you'd go to Newcastle right now is for the money, isn't it? Let's be brutally honest about it. Mm. Um, interesting, you touched on there, G, that Newcastle are probably going to have to get used to this, aren't they? Newcastle tax. They know how, every club knows how much money Newcastle have got in their pockets. Mm. They might take 25 million for a player from one particular club, but for Newcastle, it's going to cost them a lot more. And I'd imagine that would be the case if they ever went for a player from the top six in the Premier League. Mm. Newcastle will have to fork out that
3: little bit extra for any... I think, I think that's the what lo- the loved the love about the Ekiteki thing, where he just wants to come and play for Eddie Howe. I think as they get-up league, it'll become a bit easier. But with this spotman one, yeah, you know... This is a guy who who he knew about Newcastle's interest before agreeing to go to Milan. I, I just really don't understand their persistence with him. Um, obviously, they like him a lot. They've done the homework on him. It's a strange... I think if a player really doesn't want to come, I'm not even sure it's about the, about the money with him. It's a, it's a really strange one, this botman one. Um, but we've seen, yeah, they've been sensible with it. You know, they, they concluded Matt Target last week, so there's a player to January, but... Newcastle had such a good January. Every player they brought in did well. Every single one of them. Dan Byrne, Target, Keith Trippier was amazing in the first few games. So, and, and Bruno Gamarez you know, finished the season. as one of the best players in the Premier League for me. So, yeah, no no wonder they're going after players to Target two more in January because they did such a good job with all the other players. That's why we think, hey, we got it right with the other four. Must be right with these two as well.
1: They're also looking for a goalkeeper, Graham. A uh, number of names... Uh... <sighs> In the mix there, what's, what's, what's the latest for us?
3: Yeah, they were in talks with Dean Henderson. This was before Dan Ashworth came in, the new sporting director, the man at the top at Newcastle, someone else who is making decisions there. We've got quite a few from now at Newcastle, with, which is what happens when you have three or four owners. Um, they all like to have their opinion. But Dan Ashworth is taking control now. He's come in and he backed away from the Dean Henderson deal. I don't believe that one's completely off the table yet, but if it's going to happen, it'll be on Newcastle's terms, not United. So I think Newcastle, uh, my net, sorry, are looking around at other options for him. Another, So this is again coming back to, as we mentioned, the player of the time in January was Burn Leno from Arsenal, who who for me, I always thought he was the better option anyway. I must admit, I liked Innocent, but I think Bernd Leno's a better keeper. I think it would be a major upgrade for Newcastle. We know that Arsenal want him, to, uh, allowing him to move on. We've seen that Fulham, have come in now uh, for him. Fulham are really desperate to upgrade um, their goalkeeping department. Um, and we saw Ariola is now definitely going to West Ham, Toby. You'll be delighted to get him back as your number two. It's quite a str- strange deal still. So. I'll, I'll be
2: delighted once West Ham negotiate his wages, which are circa 140,000, and there's no guarantee that he'll be starting next year. So. He'll be yeah. welcome
3: with open arms once he halves that. In my you opinion. Have, you have, you, have, you, have, you got Dan Randolph, number three. there was on good money as well. It's West Ham's, Ham's He's he yeah, still there. Yeah, they re-signed him for Middlesbrough, didn't they? So, they played quite a decent wage. So, to be fair, he was the best keeper in the Championship when you re-signed him. Um, but yeah, and, but but Fulham also made a move for Thomas Dracosha, the Lazio keeper, but it looks like he's had second thoughts so about coming to the Premier League himself. Yeah, he's Albanian, isn't he? Uh, he's had second thoughts. So, Lats- Fulham are looking around here, not frantically at this stage, because there is a lot of options out there. Sam Johnston still hasn't signed his deal yet, but we believe he's probably on his way to Crystal Palace. He did talk to Man United, but he, they couldn't guarantee him the playing time that he wanted, and neither could Tottenham, which is why they went for Fraser Forster. So, yeah, um, Newcastle look around. They're in the market for this, but don't be surprised if Newcastle come in strong for Burn Leno again. Um, it is a department they want to upgrade um, so we'll keep an eye on that one but yeah they'll be battling Fulham if they do go for him
1: uh, Toby uh, to, to just move on to where are Spurs going Toby are they really like obviously we're getting into the obviously the Eves Pesuma so Aston Villa have held interest in him Arsenal have held interest in him Spurs are talking to him now uh, they've been given permission to discuss a deal with him around 30 million pounds we understand maybe just short of that but that is an established premier league player obviously there are off-field circumstances here which uh have to be mentioned as well uh but spurs are showing intention here they signed Ivan Perisic they've signed uh Fraser Forster as we mentioned there looking at Jed Spence as well are they really pu- are they pushing premier league title contention Oh, I don't know if I'll go that
2: far, but it's certainly Um, qualifying for the Champions League was huge. And Tottenham's summer of transfer activity would have looked a whole lot different if they hadn't got top four. Because number one, Antonio Conte, probably wouldn't have been around. Um, But he is sticking around. And Paratici is obviously having his sway with Daniel Levy and he's prepared to put his hands in his pocket. Um, They've made a smart signing in Ivan Perisic already proven winner on a free transfer. I love that signing, by the way. It's, it's a, a great signing, person. isn't it? It's oh, annoyingly yeah. good. Um, And Eve Pesuma, from an on-field standpoint, is a very well-established Premier League player. He's got four seasons under his belt at Brighton. A lot of big clubs have looked at him, but have never made the move for one reason or another. And the reported 25 to £30 million pound fee looks like a good deal on the surface. And I was speaking to... Ninety Min's own Ben Haynes last week about what Tottenham really need and he said to me a central midfielder was kind of the next step for their side they need to strengthen in the middle of the park because as good as Harry Winks can be on his day he's not going to take Tottenham to the next level as good as Pierre-Emil Højbjerg can be in individual games he's not good enough to start every single week for Spurs so a central midfielder was what Ben alluded to was probably the next priority. And now this Basuma deal has not come out of the blue, but it looks like Spurs are moving quickly. Um, and Graham, we think a deal is probably close to being done.
3: Well, I just got a text actually, Toby. This deal is now agreed. 26 million, I'm told. This um, was done a few minutes ago from Besuma's people. So yeah, that deal is now agreed. Um, got it penciled in for medical... Is someone else going to come in for him? Arsenal loved him last year, but they they backed away. West Ham have been linked. Um, I think it's it's not a lot of money, twenty six million, but it's one that um Brighton obviously um the player as we revealed on that email a few months ago, the player made it clear to Brighton he wanted to leave, didn't step in his way. I think they've got a. Nat- Brighton is so good at finding these players. Um, you no. Know, Why
1: is coach, there? Obviously, to kind of you know he's, yeah
3: he's wonderful I saw them both at Leeds and um, you see he's ready to step into that role Um, but yeah Besuma, wonderful player I, th- I think he finished the season brilliantly and him and Ben Takura could be very special Um in there uh, you know
1: it, why, would it, they, why, it, why would they why would they need a, a left, left centre back nowadays by the way Ben Davis is in the form of his life mm-hmm. you yeah know? I don't know whether they're going to look there next
3: there's but. a bit reticent out there because I, I think Spurs fans are you no know, back. we thought it was Bakayuku didn't we and um you know, it's, I, I like him a lot. I think it's a very special... And the Villa stuff was true, um, but the player wanted to go to London, apparently. That's the, th- that's the key thing there. Gerard wanted him to come in with Kamara to form that midfield um, duo. But no, the player wanted to move to London, which, to be fair, we did hear that last summer as well, that he was quite keen on moving to the capital for some reason.
2: Quite funny actually, because Spurs were looking at John McGinn, weren't they, at one point? And if Villa had got Basuma, Spurs might have looked at McGinn, who would cost double the amount. So for Spurs, this is a decent
3: move. Mm. Sorry, it, it was in, it was in Dumbly I was referring to. I think that's the thing with some Spurs fans thinking, think oh, no, and Dumbly was like the player in, in Europe when we signed him. So I think they'll always be a little bit reticent to these midfielders coming in. But yeah, but as you say, I think Winks. This might be the this might be curtains for Harry Winks's Spurs career. I really do.
2: That, that's a really good point there, Graham. And Dombele, what, what's he doing next season? Because Leon aren't going to pay that extraordinary figure that they agreed in the loan deal.
3: No, And, and it's a it's a point, you make a great point too, because and I do make this point with a lot of players and and we were talking to 90-minute staff about this this morning. Anthony Marshall, for instance, his contract, he's getting a big... All these contracts that are given out these four-, five- and six-year deals, what the listeners need to realise is these wages go up and up and up. That's why it gets even harder. United to try and get rid of Martial now is even harder, because he's probably on extra 50, 60, even more £1,000 a week. It's not just Martial, it's in Dombele, as we said. He's going to be getting even more money off Tottenham this summer. So it it gets even harder to get rid of some of these players. So it's great signing these players on five-year deals, like the Ekiteki who we just said, but if these guys don't do it, it's really hard to get rid of them at the end of it.
1: Uh, Richarlison, Graham, in reference to Tottenham as well, before we move on to mm. other clubs, City, Chelsea and Manchester United, we have left to talk about. We might run out of time, but we'll see. Mm. Uh, what is the latest with his future?
3: Yeah, we, we know he wants to leave Everton. It's been part of his plan with his agents um, since since he came to England. He's, he's always had this plan set in place, go to Watford, go to Everton, and then move on to top four before... Maybe Real Madrid and Barcelona. Hey, and let's not have a go at him. A lot of players have these plans put in place. Richarlison, is he ready for this level now? I think he is. I'm a big fan of his. I think he is one of the most marmite players in the Premier League. And and I was I was on a Arsenal and Chelsea podcast last week, both linked to him as well. And it was staggering the difference in opinion. Some you know, some love him, some hate him. And I think he's a he's a fabulous player. He's I love his aggression. I love his you know. His dynamism he's, he's full of running at best. Yeah, he is a handful, both on and off the pitch by the looks of it. Out of all these teams who've been linked to him, the Arsenal's Chelsea and Spurses, I find the Spurs one the hardest to figure. I really don't see where he fits in really here. Maybe on the right if Kulishevsky isn't there, but I think that's an awful lot of money to pay for him, to for someone to compete with Kulishevsky, personally. Um, I just find this one, Spurs are interested, they are talking. Arsenal are interested still. Chelsea are sniffing as well. I, I, I
1: just find it hard to see him in a Spurs shirt, to be honest. Let's, uh, let's swiftly move on because we do need to get through Manchester City, Chelsea and Manchester United before we move off for this week. There's that quick the Mills for one,
3: Scott. On. Jed Spence for Spurs fans. Talks are ongoing. Mills was £20 million demand. Mm, might be a bit too much for them. I still wouldn't be. I still think he's going to go there, but Spurs are still not done with a Traore
1: as well. So we'll keep, keep an eye out. on him. Keep an eye out for that one. Manchester City are looking for a left back, Graham. uh Cucci Coo is in my notes. Mark Cuccirella, uh from Brighton. Very, very, you know, when Brighton did sign him, I thought, ooh, that's a decent signing. And it's turned out that he has elevated his value. Man City are interested in him and also German international David Raum as well.
3: Yeah, we're told that obviously Cucurella is the main area, um, the, is the main player on City's radar for his left hand side. You know, Zinchenko, we spoke about, didn't we, Toby, on last week's pod, where Zinchenko doesn't want really to be played on the left anymore. He wants to be a centre midfielder. So he might end up leaving, which will um, leave a hole. We obviously know Mendy isn't there at the moment. So that's already um, something that needs to come in. So Cucurella, yeah, um, he's available at the right place, as we've seen with Basuma. Brighton will sell. So, and I think it'd be a staggeringly good signing for Man City. He's, he's played really well. They've, they've still got Solly March there, obviously, Brighton, but I think they are looking at um, being linked after um, a few players already. So they are considering this. But yeah, and an interesting one is David Raum, um, who City have had conversations with Hoffenheim about. They, their Iko Ikatura, the Japanese central defender, is of interest to Hoffenheim. And during these conversations, I'm told that City. Uh, made inquiries about round they want to know his situation um, want to know what's happening with him Dortmund love this player We think Dortmund are really hot on him but City yeah it's doing the due diligence it's how good clubs work isn't it they, why, why wouldn't they ask Offenheim about him because I, I like this guy um, I think he was fantastic against England he showed up really well so I think if Coutrella didn't come about this is a player who they would think about and so yeah there has been a few conversations no
1: bids imminent but they, they were checking on his situation uh, before we move into the final section, quick line on Marcus Alonso, Cesar Azpilicueta, and potentially Sergio Dest coming in the other direction.
3: Yeah, it's this thing where Azpilicueta and Alonso, like so many players in this transfer window, want to go to Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona. It's a lot of them.
1: It's, there's a lot of them,
3: Toby. There, there is. And it's staggering that it's just, such such as the, and is this window seems to be one where the players agree deals with the clubs they're going to forgetting about the fact they don't have permission. Not that not have permission, they don't have a fee agreed. There's no deal there. At the moment, there's no deal for Alonso and Aspilicueta to go to Barcelona. Barcelona know this. They don't particularly want to pay a lot of money for either player. Although Alonso is, is playing for Spain, he's Spain's left back, so he does hold some value. Chelsea have already informed Emerson that he's coming back to Stamford Bridge in the summer. He had a wonderful season at Lyon, he really did. And to me, he looks more like a, a Chilwell understudy than Alonso ever did. We know there was a fallout between Tucal and Alonso. I think Tuchel is not going to stand in his way. As for the creator as well. And this is where Dest comes in, where Barcelona really don't have the funds to be spending a lot of money on two ageing defenders. So, But they do have Sergino Dest in hand, who for some reason isn't reading Zavis's thoughts. We saw Daniel Alves come in last year as well. So yeah, the, we know that Sergio Dest has been offered to United, to Ten Hag. He likes him as well. So I think there's a good chance Dest comes to England and he, he might be offered in this deal we're hearing that if Chelsea want him, is there a deal to be done? I think there is. And I think Dest would be a wonderful backup to Rhys James. I think Chelsea, if they get rid of Alonso and Asper Quetta and bring in Dest, suddenly I think they're landing on their feet. I really do. You've kind of got
2: to admire Barcelona in a way, haven't you? They've got no money. They know they've got no money, but they don't care. They're still going to try and sign every player under the sun. It's remarkable.
3: Um, and but did they and, and, should... need, need Alonso? Is Jordi Alba playing that poorly? Did they need, need Aspi Liquetta? I, I, I don't see the need. For, and Andreas Christensen's already going in there. I don't see the need for Barcelona to sign these two players personally. But hey, where does that stop Barcelona?
1: Can't even register Frank Cassie at the moment, who is... Uh...
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's like going back. I, I was speaking to someone in Spain um, before, and they said to me, I said, well, wasn't that last summer? I said, yeah, at the moment, the finances is in such an issue that the Spanish league don't look as if we're going to allow them to register Cassie and Christensen, as you say, Scott. So um, back to where we started with Barcelona, I think. How much will getting
2: Usman Dembele's wages off the books help? Because we think he's Chelsea-bound as well, don't we, G?
3: Yes, we do. Um very much one we've been on since January. Um and Joe, you know I think Dembele was dealt as the press were some of the press were so savage on him. It's like, oh Barcelona, if you remember mid-January, Barcelona said they wanted Dembele to leave. And we said, Well, you can't just tell him to leave, <laughs> he's on a free track. Yeah, it's not it's not a computer game. You can't just tell him to leave. Um and then he played out the season wonderfully well. Um he's refusing to take a wage drop, which is what Barcelona have offered him, and he's got Chelsea and PSG. Uh, waiting for him. Obviously, PSG's interest, we understand, is weighing slightly with Louis Campos going in. He wants to have his own in, impact on the transfer market. So I think Chelsea, well, we know they are very much front runners. And we're close to doing this. Touke loves him. I think this could be one of the
1: deals of the summer. I really do. Dembele coming from Barcelona, potentially to Chelsea, obviously, and from one awfully run club to another. Nice. Uh, Manchester United pursuing Frankie de Jong at the moment. Uh, And also we reported on, this was February time, was it Graham? About interest in Anthony from United. Mm. Obviously, uh, we know that United and Eric Ten Hag really want Frankie de Jong. Seems to have been dragging on a little bit, but he's been on international duty with the Netherlands, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Where do we stand with this and how does Anthony link into the transfer strategy?
3: Yeah, we did the Jong piece. We did. Um, we've done a couple of pieces the last two weeks. We know United are trying to get him in um, for a medical before the after the international window, which I think it ends later this week. Since we've been going on for about six weeks, <laughs> um, so yeah, that one is getting there, De Jong. You know. The young De deal is expensive, it really it is not just for a fee, but he comes with a hefty wage bracket as well. He will be, I think, he'll only be second to third to De Gea and Ronaldo when he comes in. And wages wise, he's going to be one of the Premier League's highest paid players, one of United's highest paid players. It, it's a risk, clearly. But and then United have got to pay the fee with it. Normally, it's one or the other, isn't it? It's a big fee, smaller wages, like we discussed with Darwin Nunes. This United one is a massive outlay. But it's one that Ten Hag wants, so if United are going to back down the manager, they've got to do it. They've missed out on Nunes. I think the fans need this one. I like De Jong a lot. I think, as I've said before, I think this could be United's Dennis Bergkamp or their Coutinho, where it's a world-class player. I think personally, who's obviously dropped off the radar a little bit at Barca. You know, there's not many teams where De Jong would 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 drop off slightly in the thinking, but. They've got Pedri and Gavi, so and they've got Kessie going in. There's only a few teams in the world who they could do without. So, no, I think United are going to get this done. It, they're not too far off from what I understand. But yeah, um, I think they're trying to drive a hard deal. But Barcelona, as we just discussed, need the money. <laughs> so, But you've got to take his wages with it. So, I think this one is getting there. Ten Hag wants so it. He, he obviously wants him in Van der Beek. Um, and he wants other, I players as well, as you said. Scott, Anthony is on their radar. They've liked him for a long time as we published. He's not imminent. This really is an imminent deal, this one. But I still think there is that interest. But he's about four or five on their list, from what I'm told. I think they want a defender in after De Jong, ideally. Maybe even another midfielder Um, to go, probably not next to De Jong, but maybe as a as a three. As we, we still don't know what he's going to play, do we? If he has De Jong, as Toby, I think you said off air, if he brings in De Jong Van der Beek, where's Fernandez going to play? <laughs> um, it's an, it's 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 going to be really interesting um, to see the system. But I think, yeah, Anthony is on the list, but he's not imminent, and it's not the priority. Surely the priority
2: it. for Man United is just being hard to beat to begin with, because they
1: were so flaky last season, weren't they? Concede the first goal, and I would they? I would put, I think that the De Jong the De Jong deal is really quite important because as much as you want to talk about United being hard to beat, they haven't had a style of play Mm. for Mm. years. And that was one of the big criticisms under Ali was sit-back counter-attack. And you've lost Paul Pogba's gone, And Paul Pogba's gone as well. And Paul Pogba was on 290, 300k a Mm. week as well. So I think having a player in central midfield who is a ball-playing midfielder, as much as United want to have a, you know, they'd like to have somebody you can destroy and that kind of stuff. Being able to do something with the ball I think it's very important because you've got a lot of attacking talent in that final third that has not been living up to its potential. And somebody like De Jong, you know his qualities, uh, I think is very important, not only for morale for United fans, as Graham alludes to there, but for Ten Hag's style of play being implemented as well and for taking United to the potential that they need. And yeah, You know, they do need more, but I think this is a good starting point. Big pressure on him, isn't it, to go in and deliver
2: because he will be the first... Potentially marquee signing of an era that Eric Ten Hag has got a huge job, hasn't he? And if things don't go well in the first year, everybody will be quick to jump on Frankie de Jong, probably. Unfairly, I would imagine, because I think he's class and one player's not going to fix the multitude of problems at United, but... I wouldn't want to be that player who's first in the door of that reign, I must say. There's you know, best those team
3: chance, in England. It'd be those so. chances, Scott, to bring McFred back when, uh, when Van der Beek and De Jong, not all going well. Maybe Conrad Limer to come in as well, or Neves, but then there'll be calls for, to bring McFred back. What was what was wrong with McFred? I, I can hear you saying that, Scott. What was wrong with McFred? Bring them back.
1: Yeah, that is uh, that is what I will be shouting from the rooftops as United 4-3 defeats in their first three games of the new Premier League season, which starts in two months' time, just uh, maybe seven weeks or something like that, a little bit less. Fix, is it Fixtures Week this week? Fixtures it? Week Thursday. We will be up early uh, to bring those to you on 90min.com. Uh, on on our social channels as well. You can also catch the latest on the stories we've discussed today on the website. Uh, We'll do the latest in written form on Frankie de Jong and Anthony's future. I believe, Nick Graham, you've put out a piece on Hugo Eketike. Sadio Uh,
3: Mane is up, Sadio Mane Uh, as well. David Brown will be doing as well, yeah. So it will all be on on
1: site as you're listening. All be on site, it will be as well. If you haven't subscribed already, please do. We're gathering a nice little bit of steam uh drop us a nice five-star review on apple podcast if you're listening on there but you can also listen uh, we do have an issue with our spotify link on our um pod follow i believe but you can find us on spotify just might have to do it manually for a little while and whichever podcast platform you get us on just search for us give us some love and follow us on twitter and at underscore scott saunders at graham bailey and at toby underscore cudworth uh tc we'll be back Very soon, Graham, thank you very much as well. Uh, Thank you for listening, everyone, and we will catch you next week.